Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. That's it with your boy. Better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. Well, special guest on the Keep That Same Energy podcast, the youngest NFL beat writer in the history of the league, Trajan Watkins, beat reporter, uh, senior NFL analyst for BSO and beat reporter for the Tennessee Titans is here to talk about the wildness that is going on in Tennessee right now uh, with the Titans. We just found out that the game with the Steelers is getting postponed. We don't know exactly when they're going to play again, uh, but it's been pretty much a cluster right now. So, so Trey, just let us know exactly what exactly happened. Like, do you have any idea of how they got the coronavirus? What, what, is there any, are there any kind of rumors or anything going on about how they became like the first team to actually have a couple of positive tests? I haven't heard anything relating to how those players got the coronavirus, but I do know that the first sort of, I guess you could say, COVID-related case for the Titans that we know of, you know, for the regular season happened to come upon their presumed defensive play caller, Shane Bowen, who I believe got it, um, I believe around the week before uh, the Titans took on the Vikings and won that game. Uh, on the road. So Shane Bowen got the virus, their, their presumed defensive play caller. He didn't make the trip. Uh, and then we got news Monday morning that there were three positive tests. And, you know, we're sitting here Thursday with uh, three positive tests around players. Uh, excuse me. Now we're sitting here on Thursday afternoon and we have around five positive tests around players for the Titans. So uh, it's a weird situation. I, I, I have no idea how they got the virus, but if I can, I don't want to speculate on anything, but uh, it's just a weird situation. This 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 sort of situation was expected anyway, since uh, NFL teams and the NFL in general aren't or isn't, excuse me, um, relegating to sort of a bubble environment like the NBA and the National Hockey League, MLS, all those uh, other leagues. So uh, this was just expected, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the NFL does and how they maneuver through a season where there's going to be more positive tests for players and coaches and staff and personnel uh, and maybe potentially more outbreaks among teams. So a really interesting situation to see develop and uh, hopefully we can get through the season without any sort of major obstacles uh, in the way of finishing the season. So let me ask you, you said that, you know, the NFL is not doing like the NBA uh, with the bubble. Uh, You're in Nashville, you're in Tennessee. Uh, As we know, the way that people have handled the coronavirus has varied. Uh, from state to state. Um, in your opinion, how do you think just maybe specifically uh, the people of Nashville, for the, those of us who obviously aren't there, uh, have they been taking, in your opinion, the, the proper uh, precautions and things like that in regards to the Are they wearing their mask or are they, you know, got their tiki torches out and, you know, I, I want to be you know, free and all of that stuff that they talk about? You see, it's varied. I, I believe when 
Nashville first came out of their whole uh, lockdown per se, I think people were following protocol and then, you know, everything was just fine. Then we got into phase one, phase two, and I believe we're now in phase three of reopening. And uh, it, it varies now. It varies now. There's, I would say for the most part, a lot of people are downtown uh, wearing their mask and, you know, following protocol and doing what they need to do to stop the spread of the virus. But there's some people who, uh, if, you, if you've been to Nashville or heard about Nashville, Nashville has these weird bachelorette buses and these uh, pedal taverns and all those, that stupid weird crap. Uh, a lot of people get up on there, they're not wearing masks, they're, they're drunk, they're having so much crappy fun. And, and I think that's, the, the people like that, it's what, it's what somewhat, I guess you could say, inhibiting uh, the true uh, potential for the progress for Nashville to, you know, get this virus under control, you know, throughout the city and throughout the neighboring uh, towns and communities throughout the city. So uh, it's varied. I think most, some people are starting to relax a little bit now since um, down here in Nashville, case numbers have declined a bit over the past couple of weeks, months or so. So I think people are starting to get a little bit more lax, but I, and that's, that sort of behavior can lead into more uh, an influx and uh, uh, rise in cases and we can give you, we can lead us back into square one. And nobody down here wants to go back to square one where bars and restaurants are closed and all that. So nobody wants that. Uh, so I think people just need to, you know, follow protocol much more, you know, prescriptively uh, follow protocol, do what they need to do. So we don't go back to uh, phase one or whatever. And we'll be, so we won't have any sort of that lockdown that's in Nashville. Now, how how would you describe actually the Titans starting the season? I know they're three and zero, but you know it's not like you know they've been blowing out people. You know, three and zero. Um, just kind of how what is the feeling that you get? Is this something that you know maybe good for them? They get a little bit of a, a break early uh, in the season, or is it more like, hey, we we got off to a great start, and next thing you know. Uh, you know, we, we have a sudden stop. Do you feel like it's going to kind of break maybe their mo- momentum? Just as from a team perspective, knowing the Titans like the way that you know them, do you, how do you feel like it's going to affect them going forward? Uh, well, the record, the undefeated record really doesn't show, I guess, or I guess you could say portray the performance that they've had so far through the first three games of the year. They've won their first three games by a combined six points. Mm-hmm. They had to scroll and scroll and crash their way to a win against Denver in week one. Uh, then they struggled, particularly defensively, against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week two. And then they had to come back in the second half to beat a uh, winless Vikings team uh, and get to 3-0. and uh, I guess you'd say the mistakes that are being made uh, within that team right now, particularly on the, on the defensive side of the ball, they can't uh, stop the run. Uh, even though Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay didn't get off to a good start, uh, rushing the ball in week one against Tennessee, they still found some success, particularly in that second half. Uh, James Robinson of the Jaguars had over 100 combined yards from scrimmage in week two with Dalvin Cook, who had a combined 109 yards through his first two games of the year, ripped off over 180 yards uh, and a touchdown in week three. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mess defensively for the Titans. And I think that has to do with, uh, I guess you said, a lack of offseason and on-field work where I guess some teams are still trying to get into a groove and everything, but they've been bad. They've been really, really bad defensively. Uh, the pass rush has to really 
gone all that well. In, in the sack production, I guess you could say. Their, their pressure numbers are real good, but they're not translating it into sacks, and the secondary can't cover anyone. Uh, Adore Jackson, who's arguably their best corner, has been out you know, for the whole year. He's been on injured reserve uh, ever since week one due to a knee injury, and we don't know when he's returning. Uh, so um, if they get Adore Jackson back, I think some of those problems defensively will be, you know, I guess you could say, patched up until the Titans can get into the groove of things uh, and get their defense rolling and more comfortable uh, as we go through this weird COVID-19 uh, season, I guess you could say. Yeah, which kind of gets me to my, my last question. So we kind of made it, you know, the NBA made it the entire time because they were in the bubble. Um, MLB, very shaky start, but seemed to get it, you know, under control toward the back half of the season. And now, uh, they're into their playoffs. You know, boxing, UFC have been able to can more or less contain things uh, within the bubble. We made it four weeks in the NFL uh, before we had a what I would consider a major situation with the coronavirus. In your humble opinion, you know, are we able to power through this season? Um, is it going to be? Uh, maybe I should put it like this: Is it going to be powered through by any means necessary? meaning that there's going to be more cases like the Titans and they're just going to just push through? Or do you think, like, this is kind of a calm, you know, we got four or five cases with the Titans, but that could easily become 2030 on a team, you know, with all of the people that is involved with football with a different team just because of the contact. So in your humble opinion, first off, do we make it through the season? And secondly, do you think there's any way without really quarantining teams uh, that this can't happen again throughout the, the season? That's, that's a hard question to answer for me, honestly, only because it's that the, the, the NFL did a real, I guess I, I won't say they did a really good job, but they ran into real good luck uh, through the first three weeks of the year having no major outbreak. Uh, and I, I think when, people, when you hear that, some people might say uh, it's not that big of a deal. That's sort of a miracle when you have 32 teams around the league and you have 53 uh, players on your team, so many coaches, uh, personnel, all that, and around 32 teams around the league. Uh, and most of those teams around the league are in COVID-19 hotspots, hotbeds, where the virus is spreading rapidly uh, in, within those communities. I think that's, that's luck. It's, you, might, you might even call it a miracle that the NFL went through three weeks without running into a situation that they're facing right now with the Titans. But, um, and, and I think that's what the NFL – is expected. I think they're expecting more, uh, I guess you could say, some more situations like we're dealing with the Titans because it's there's just so many people involved uh, with having this season going down. Uh, and we're, like you said, we're not in a bubble. So those players, um, they might be still be in the hotels or everything, but the virus could still find ways to seep into those, I guess you could say, those personal public or personal little bubbles that teams have implemented with their own players and stuff. So uh, it's, I, I think we can run into more situations like we run into tights. I think they can power through uh, the season, um, but I wouldn't hold your breath on the NFL going through the season without running into more situations like these because, like I said, it's just too many people involved. And sooner or later, we're going to run into more cases like this around players, uh, staff, and personnel. So um, I, I, I think they'll power through, but it really remains to be seen if they can get it through, you know, with the, uh, they can get it through limiting uh, as much uh, situations like the Titans have right now. So um, remains to be seen. 
But it should be really, really fascinating to watch how the NFL can limit the exposure of COVID-19 around surrounding their league, uh, their players, and everything. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Trey. Let let everybody know where they can find you, you know, if they want to slide in your DMs or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at TreyWatkins099. Um, I'm like I'm, I'm doing tight stuff for BSO. I'm um, NFL stuff for BSO as well, and I'm also doing Titan stuff uh, for a website called Titans Brawl and the Brawl Network. Nice stuff going on over there. Uh, so get those guys to follow the Brawl Network and Titans Brawl. So find me there, find my work there, and I hope you enjoy. What in the blue hell? Have you seen this story about Jeffrey Star? And uh, she was dating this uh, or he in pronoun game. Jeffrey Star is a. Uh, he said he said he doesn't care if you call him a he or a she. He doesn't identify with anything. Born a man, uh, but says he likes you know everything. I think fish too. He said he like fish. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, he was dating this uh, guy, ex uh, college basketball player named Andre Merhold. And uh, Andre uh, had a baby mama in Atlanta. Told her he was going out to get a cup of milk, a gallon of milk. And never came back. And the next time she saw him, uh, he was out in L.A. at uh, Jeffree Star's uh, mansion. Jeffree Star is a multi-millionaire uh, from various things. But I think lately it's the uh, makeup stuff. I'm not on that. I'm not a makeup expert. <laughs> but I just know he has a lot of money. Then kind of find out that the guy, not surprisingly, when you know someone leaves... They baby mama for a gallon of milk, and you just met him last week. Uh, scam, Jeffrey Star. Stole some stuff from him. Took it back to Atlanta. Nice flossing on the ground. She, uh, he, oh man, these damn pronouns. He is upset, and he's you know, making IG comments about giving his stuff back. There's some allegations of an STD. Maybe something a little more deadly. And then in the midst of all this, Jeffree Star is like, oh, I'll pay off your student loans if you hit me with your cash app. Like, it's just 2020. You know, it's just 2020. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Now, Jeffree Star, I do know, has, has had a bunch of racist uh, accusations in the past. He's white, uh, you know, but he, he's, he's dropped the N-word a few times. He had to apologize for some stuff, so I don't particularly care for him. Uh, getting scammed. Could all be a hoax. I don't know. Could all be a setup. Who who knows these days? It could have been all planned for clout. I, I just I just don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I I know people are hard. You know, uh, hard up for money in the Rona. I understand that, but you, you got to be pretty hard up to be rubbing Jeffrey Star's feet in the pool just to steal some designer bags. That that's that's some hard up I never want to experience. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google uh, Jeffrey Star. You don't even have to Google the feet. You'll see what I'm saying. Not the most attractive person in the world. Imagine if Dennis Rodman and Sam Cassell had a baby. <laughs> that that's kind of what you'd be getting with 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 Jeffrey Star. 
I like I said, I mean, I know people are hard up, and you know, you got to get your your clout and all of that stuff out. But my God, that's 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 a bit much. Honestly, that's a bit much. A game two of the NBA Finals is coming up. Lakers seem to be in complete control. The Heat, um, their injuries are a problem. Obviously, you need to be at full health to beat the Lakers. But the Lakers look like they got this pretty much under control. People are crediting me with, you know, breaking the story within the story. The game within the game. Because Kyle Kuzma's ex-girlfriend is Tyler Hero's current girlfriend, uh, IG model. I think it's Katie or Katney, Caitlin, something with a K. Not a Kardashian, but something with a K. And people are like, oh, no, you know, they're going to, that's none of that. I mean, this, this is not unusual for... NBA players, it's more likely that Tyler Hero and Kyle Kuzma are trading stories than having any type of beef. Come to find out the girl's like 10 years older than Tyler Hero and Kuz. She's an old IG model. But she got to the bubble. That I mean, that's, you know, if you're an IG model or, you know, known in the streets as a groupie, I mean, that's, that's ideally, that's what you want. You want to get the actual relationship and then you can get in the bubble and you can get all the perks of that now who knows how long that will last cools treated her like a you know a groupie didn't let her show his face wouldn't acknowledge her publicly made her pay for her own seats on the road she had to sit in the jesus section back when we had fans <laughs> a hero treats her like a girlfriend so maybe he actually likes her or maybe you know who knows He's young. He's young and in Miami, so it's hard to tell how long that's going to last. I don't think we're talking about a Patrick Mahomes, Brittany Matthews type of situation here. Could be wrong. Could be true love for all I know. Could be true love for all I know. Does anybody know how to fix a printer? My printer's not working. I got to print some stuff out. But my printer's not working. Uh, Kyrie Irving was uh, on Kevin Durant's podcast. Kyrie Irving is interesting to me because he says stuff that I know he's smart enough to know that people are just not going to be like, oh, let's just ignore it. But then he says, come on, guys. Why I got to be brother against brother? <laughs> Why can't we just all get along on this flat earth? But he said, you know, when you say that stuff, what's happening? You know, you know, if you, well, I guess wasn't the camera. If you telling somebody. You play with LeBron James and you tell somebody that for the first time in your career, you feel like you don't have to take all of the clutch shots. You're not depending on the carrier team in the fourth quarter now that you got Kevin Durant. You can't say that and then just assume people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, he just talking. Like, it, it, I'm not even saying he was or wasn't taking a shot at LeBron James. He, I think he just was talking. Sometimes you just be talking. But you can't say something like that and think like people won't discuss it. Literally was on every single morning show this morning. That's all they was talking about. On top of that, I, I thought I thought that was kind of the, you know, that's kind of a fun thing to talk about. I thought maybe the more disturbing thing was him saying that basically him and KD are the coaches. And they're not going to listen to Steve Nash. He just need to sit there in his nice Italian suit and not do anything. Now, granted, that's how a lot of the NBA is. 
I mean, you don't really think Frank Vogel is coaching the Lakers, do you? I mean, you just, you know, you kind of stand there with your suit and everything and kind of look like you're doing something. But, I mean, let's be real. We know who's coaching who. But if Steve Nash had any ideas that he was going to come in and bring, you know, his whatever his coaching philosophy would be, uh, you probably heard that and realized, man, you should just take the money and, and, and sit on the bench. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to blame Steve Nash if it goes left. More likely they're going to blame Kyrie and then, you know, continue to hit KD with the slander that they keep hitting him with. Probably. So if I was, I was Steve Nash, if something, if something was to ever, like, go wrong or, like, a really bad loss or something like that, I would just come out and say, well, you know, they're the coaches. Talk to them. They said they had the co-head coaches. Get on, you know, you need to hit them up and ask them what happened. That's personally what I would do. Personally. That's what I would do. But yeah, Kyrie gets me with that. I say, I, I, I wouldn't say controversial, but I say stuff that's going to get a discussion going. And then saying, why are you guys talking about this? I also hate when, when athletes say, in the world of clickbait, well, you know, it's one. It's it once we. That's what we talked about last. A cause and effect, right? We talked about cause and effect last time, right? Here's the thing: there's nothing to clickbait if there's nothing said. If Kyrie Irving said, you know something, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to respect Steve Nash's coaching abilities and and just you know be a player. It's no story there. If 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 if, if Kyrie says, you know something, I've been blessed. <laughs> To play with LeBron James and Aaron Baines. I've been blessed to play with him. And now I'm blessed to play with Kevin Durant. There's no story there. You create the clickbait. Let's not get it twisted. You have to say something to, interesting to make people want to talk about it. If you don't say anything interesting, there's nothing to talk about. So don't blame the media. Blame yourself. Don't say it. You, now you, here's the thing. You can say whatever you want to say. Your choice. I'm not saying you can't speak, but don't flip it around and be like, oh, I said something that I knew was going to be controversial. And then say, oh, you just clickbaiting. No, thank you. You help said clicks. The Injustice League. My wife sent me this story uh, last night and man, I was, I was upset when I read it. And let me tell you something. It just lets you know that no matter how many eyes you have out there, how, uh, you know, how closely you're looking at things in our country, things still slip by. You just can't see everything. And there's so much injustice that, you know, these stories, you look at them like, man, this must have happened yesterday. And you say, man, it happened a year ago and I'm just hearing about it now. It's crazy. So if you want to go look it up, it's on Black Sports Online. Um, it's about a, uh, a man named Ronald Green. Okay. Uh, this happened in Louisiana. Um, the cops, Louisiana cops, uh, want, tried to pull them over for a traffic violation. They still have not, to this day, said exactly what the traffic violation was for. Um, he did not pull over, and eventually he got into a minor accident while they were chasing him. The cops in their police report initially said this, that while they were chasing him, that he hit a tree, and he passed away. 
That was it. That was the only thing that was in the police report. He he ran more or less. He didn't pull over. He hit a tree and he died. Now, I've told people for years that you can't trust what the cops are saying. You should, you should want to because cops should be held to a higher standard than everybody else. But they lie and they lie frequently. So the family was like, you know something? Something's off about this. And there was a witness. And the witness said, listen, your, your, your family member, Mr. Green, did not die uh, from hitting a tree. He died because the cops, you know, beat him to death. Now, there's nothing, there's nothing in the police report initially about a struggle or fight or anything like that. Just he hit a tree and he died. Come to find out, a cop, there's some leaked audio that comes out. Cop just admits it. Said I was, the exact quote, I was beating the living F out of him. We was kicking him. We was choking him. We was tasing him. And then all of a sudden he went limp and, and died. Now, and, and instead of saying, hey, you know, this is what happened, they falsified the police report. But then it's on audio saying what happened. On top of the audio, there is photos of Mr. Green showing basically his head bashed in. His head is all swollen. He has bruises. He has cuts on the top of his head. I mean, they, they the cop wasn't lying. They kicked the living F out of him, literally. Now, mysteriously, the cop, who on who's on audio confessing to beating this man to death. He mysteriously dies a week before the audio comes out. And that's interesting, isn't it? It just shows you that, or it should show you, that when people are talking about the cops, they're not just making stuff up. And it's not like one or two bad ones. I hate the whole bad apples situation because here's the thing. If it's one bad apple and then the other apples look at the bad apple, do bad things, it don't do anything, then they're all bad apples. The the guy that was beating Mr. Green, the cop that beat Mr. Green, there was other cops on the scene. They didn't file a correct police report. They didn't explain what happened. It's like the cops were with George Floyd. They're standing right there. They're assisting in the murder. That's not a good cop. That's not how this was following instructions. If, if you are a good cop, you got to stop this. And that's just not happening. And the crazy part is the other cops that are there, they still out on the street. Nobody's been charged with Mr. Green's murder. Once again, they didn't even say what they were trying to pull him over for. His accident wasn't an accident. He had some minor damage to the back of his car. Not enough to cause the facial injuries that he had. It's a total full lie. But they're investigating. But how can you trust the people investigating who are the ones that are doing the cover-up? You understand what I'm saying? Another story that I heard the FBI is getting involved with, something that we broke on Black Sports Online, this guy from, from Ohio, Zachary Poole, saying he's going to start a war if Trump loses because he thinks that Black Lives Matter is going to start a war if, if, if Trump wins. So he's going to be ready. Now, granted, the guy doesn't look like he can, you know, run five yards without 
gasping for breath. But here's the thing: these are the these backwoods hillbillies. But they hey, well, they the ones that have all the weapons, just waiting. They backyard. He's even said it. I'm not. I'm not making that up. I'm not just. He said he was a, a, a backwoods hillbilly. He looked like one too. So, I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm, but you should be concerned about what possibly could happen. No matter who wins the election, I've said it plenty of times. I don't. I don't know if we can make it through four more years of Trump. I really don't. We're barely making it through the, this last year. I like I said, I don't know. If Biden's Biden's not that great, but like I like I always say, you got a choice. Do you you if you had to put somebody in jail, you want to put the person that murdered two hundred thousand people or the person that robbed two hundred thousand people? You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's I understand it's not great either way, but still. But Mr. Poole, Zachary Poole, he's not the only person that thinks like that. He's one of, he, you know, the dumb ones are the ones that put it on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. But, that, you know, that quote unquote silent majority, they're out there. So you need to get prepared just in case. Reminds me a little bit of the, the, the OJ trial on a much grander scale. Like you knew what, no matter what happened, it was it was, was going to be some different energy. I remember I was at at college when that when that went down. You know, I was at at the Ohio State University. A lot of white people there. There was some different energy on campus. I remember I was roommates at the time with this Jamaican guy, and you know, I won't say like I celebrated. You know, how like some black people went out and celebrated. I was just like, ah, you know, the LAPD finally got what they deserve. But, man, I remember going to class. There was some palpable energy going out there that day. And I imagine that's how it was all over the country. So prepare yourself. Keep the same energy. So we're in the show with this. Trump. Got the Rona. Or does he? There's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. That's that's that really should tell you what a country is right now. Like if President Obama was like, I had the coronavirus, you'd be like, oh man, President Obama has the coronavirus. And that'd be the end of it. Trump has the coronavirus, all type of crazy stuff's coming out there. Hell, the Simpsons was was trending. Cause they so called, you know, predicted that this would happen. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Any, I don't put anything past Trump and his people. I would like to think they wouldn't fake having a deadly virus just for sympathy. Then again, he's not getting a lot of sympathy. So I don't know. Like, either way, I don't know if it if it really benefits him. I don't know if he... It, it, let's say it was a hoax. I'm assuming that the play would be he gets it you know, he fakes like he has it. Then he, you know, makes this quote unquote miraculous recovery right before everybody has to go vote. <laughs> you know, try to make him look like a Superman. You know, like I, I guess that would be the play. 
I know. I mean, I know some people that's dead set that said that he's faking him and Melina. Melina says she's hate Christmas, but I'm not surprised by that. She's not. She's a foreigner. <laughs> Melina don't want to do no work. She, you don't become Donald Trump's wife to work, even if it's like, you know, putting Christmas decorations up. She'll do that. She hires people to do that. She don't make no decisions on that. She don't like tend to the garden and all of that stuff. Don't do that. She spends Donald's money. She's been pissed ever since he became president. All she wanted to do was spend Donald Trump's money, go shopping, go take trips. She don't do little actual first lady responsibilities. She don't care about no damn kids in cages. <laughs> she got stuff she got to do. She got to go to Milan. She got time to be talking about migrant kids and kids in cages separated from their families. I I tend to think that he actually has it. Because if he doesn't have, have it and somehow it comes out that he faked it, I mean, it's already looking a little sh shaky for him. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. But isn't that karma? Now all of a sudden, you know, all that hoax stuff and it doesn't affect anybody really and blah, blah, blah. Your, your, your president is going to be getting the utmost medical attention. He's not going to die. And let me tell you something. I, I don't wish death on no one. I never do that. And that's like what Biggie said. They remember that was talking about they, with Biggie at the Pac dot. They was talking to Biggie and they was talking about the drama they was going through. And he's like, look, I don't wish death on no one because there, there's no coming back. Uh, from that. There's no coming back from that. So I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't wish death, not even on Donald Trump. I wouldn't wish death on my my biggest enemies. I don't want that type of karma. Like, I can wish bad things on them, like twist the ankle, <laughs> fall down the steps or something. But no, I don't I don't mess around with that. That's cause that's kind of a one time thing. You don't want a type of that negative mojo in, in your system. You don't want that negative energy in there. So, no, I'm not wishing that he's going to die. He's, he's not going to die. He has the best doctor. I mean, he's the president. So, I mean, he's, trust me, he got, like, the A-plus ventilators. You know how down, you know, here in the hood, you know, we get the bust-down ventilators. He got the A-plus-plus ventilators. He should go try uh, drinking some of that bleach or that Lysol. See if that works. The ultraviolet rays and all of that stuff. I never, I never got the whole "I'm not gonna wear a mask" thing. Like you can't walk into a 7-Eleven with no shirt, and no shoes on. Like it's, you know, it's part of the the thing, you know. Because I mean, honestly, if we were just if we were upset about having to wear things for rules, you know, we would just walk around naked all day. Ideally, we just walk around naked. We put clothes on for a reason. You go to a nice restaurant, there's a reason you don't wear like a dirty t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops. You go to a, a job interview, there's a reason you put on a suit or a nice shirt. So it's not like we're, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we went from naked to like, oh, do all of this. Like you already do it. It's just one extra thing. It's always one extra thing in, in this in this world. We've always been doing one extra thing. <laughs> Somebody's always asked you to do one extra thing. Wearing a mask is just one extra thing. It's not even that big of a deal. And most of the time, you don't have to wear it for a long period of time. On average, how long do you think you have to wear your mask? 
right? If you go, but maybe the target, you're in there, what, 20 minutes? If you're a woman, maybe in there an hour? <laughs> I mean, what? You, you, you go in a restaurant or something or going to the Walgreens? You're not in wherever you're at. Wherever you got to wear a mask, you're not in there long. You're not in there long. So I, I don't, I, I never understood. This shit, that's just white power stuff. It's like, we're white. You can't tell us what to do. It's been like that since they, the day, the, since they got here. We're white. You can't tell us what to do. We're white people. Don't tell us what to do. We'll tell you what to do. Like, we'll tell women what to do with their bodies. We'll tell you when you should go to school, when you shouldn't go to school. We'll, we'll tell you, you know, what stuff. We'll tell you what to do because we're white. But don't tell us what to do. That's why I always thought about it's ironic that that when people say stuff like, you know, get over slavery, get over racism. Like you, you can tell the white people, say, hey, get over, you know, the 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 Mets not winning a World Series in X amount of years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they'll flip out. They will flip out. Huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you tell them what not to do. They don't like that. Nobody ever says, you know something? Get over 9-11. It, it was a while ago. Get over the Oklahoma City bombing, you know. It's over. It's done with. We've moved on. We've built new stuff. Nobody says that. I think, uh, I don't know if it was Jamel Hill or it was someone that said that, you know, you don't have to wish bad upon someone Without feeling sorry for them, like you know, I don't, I you know, I don't try to wish bad on anyone, but I'm not, you know, I'm not shedding any any tears. I'm not giving any, you know, prayer, you know, say your prayers for Donald Trump. I'm not doing that. I'm not going out there and say I wish you know he's in the casket. But I'm I'm not gonna be out here and say oh man, well, yeah, you know, thoughts and prayers. Uh, no, they're not fake like that. If you don't like somebody, you don't like somebody. If you don't like somebody and they get the flu or the cold or cold, you'll be like, hmm, I wish they didn't have a cold. You'd be like, oh, I hope they stay in bed for two weeks. <laughs> that entertained me. Uh, you guys have a safe weekend. Um, put your mask on. It's still out there. We're getting a little better with the sports. I'm here, you know, they're opening up a little bit, but like you like like uh, Trey said earlier in the show, it's it's still out there. And, you know, it's it's it, it's not going away anytime soon. Uh, so make sure you take your precautions and everything like that. And I'll see you back next week with another episode to keep that same energy. Be sure to check out the website, blacksportsonline.com. Register for my email list for all the new updates. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online. Instagram, BSOTV, and much appreciation to my podcast partners at ABF Creative for all their hard work in making this weekly podcast a success. I'm out.